Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. You're listening to The Naked Scientist with me, Chris Smith, with Chris Barrow and Lee Milner because it's a special edition of the programme for Christmas and we have invited the newest recruits of The Naked Scientist to join us this week with their controllers at the ready, appropriately enough. It is our Naked Gaming crew. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Nice to see you. Yes, thank you, Dr Chris, for letting us loose and take over. Very wise decision. Uh, so Lee and I are looking forward to the show. Let's just give you an idea of what we have in store for you. Yeah, we'll be bringing you the latest gaming news and reviews. Also, the voice of Ash from the original Pokemon TV show is going to join us. That's Veronica Taylor. Really, he just kind of came into here. So he's kind of back in my throat and, <laughs> you know, he's got a lot of energy. I'm so jealous. Yeah. I want one. You want that as a ringtone, don't yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely want it. Also, our regular reporter and Frozen correspondent, Alex Rose, gets to grips with the latest Frozen game on your mobile in conjunction with the release of the film Frozen 2. Enter your age. It's embarrassing. 27. I feel like it it should close itself down and be like, this isn't for you, mate. (laughs) Thanks, Alex. It's not for him, really. (laughs) Bless him. Uh, We've just started featuring a simulator of the month because, I mean, who doesn't like pretending to be a farmer or even a bee? Yeah, there is really a game called Bee Simulator. Uh, Not only that, Lee recently played PC Building Simulator. Right, okay, I'm carrying... Don't read the instructions. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to read any... I want to blow something up or raise something. I'm currently picking up a parcel and walking around an office block. It didn't go that well. It never does, but I enjoy it anyway. Uh, Dr Chris, you're a medical professional, of course. We've also asked you to play a game, Surgeon yeah, you did. Simulator. Uh, did you find the time for that? Yeah, I did I did find t- time to, to sneak it in. It's several hours of my life I won't get back. OK, let's just hear a little bit of what happened here. It's chopping its way through the bed. Um, <laughs> oh, no. OK, I'll try and remove some ribs. Uh, I'm now lacerating parts of the rib cage. <laughs> Good use of lacerating, but probably not in the right context. Uh, thank you, Dr. Chris. We'll hear the results of that later on. First, let's go to the news and we'll hand it over to Lee Milner, who can tell us about the latest stories from the past few weeks. Okay, so PlayStation has just announced its DualShock 4 back button attachment. Yeah, really, the, the accessory you didn't know you ever needed. According to the company, this new attachment improves your gameplay by delivering more versatility and performance. It's coming out in the next few weeks, but how much does it cost? £30. Yeah, so that's £15 a button. In other PlayStation news, the original PlayStation 1 turned 25 years old recently. God, that makes me feel old. Uh, In a blog post, Jim Ryan, the CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, said it's truly humbling to see fans who grew up on PlayStation passing down their love of gaming to children. And incidentally, the PS5 is out next year in Christmas. 
And finally, Fortnite has crossed over to the dark side by collaborating with the Star Wars universe. Disney has teamed up with Epic Games to bring all kinds of exclusive content to the popular Battle Royale shooter, including an in-game screening of the scene from the latest film, The Rise of Skywalker. Now, it's not clear at this stage if the screaming children who watch the film will be banned from the game or not, <clears throat> but I think they should be. Thank you, Lee. More on films a bit later on. But now, if you're a fan of video games, you might be excited about VR or virtual reality technology. Now, at the moment, you can buy VR goggles with screens and headphones, and they make you feel like you're really inside the world of your favourite game. Yeah, Phil Sansom from the Naked Scientist team has been trying out the next stage of VR, which introduces a sense of touch. Now, these are gloves that can make you feel like you're actually touching the virtual objects you can see. I think that might stress me out but I like the idea of it. Uh, they've been developed by a company called Haptics and Phil went to meet the product director, Joe Marino, at the Cambridge Consultants Innovation Day and he was showcasing their new technology. These are Haptics gloves. They enable you to reach out and touch and interact with the virtual world like you do with the real world. They provide haptic feedback that makes the virtual objects feel like real objects. So it's VR but you can touch stuff. Precisely, VR that you can touch stuff. How does it work? So we have an array of effectively bubbles that we inflate pneumatically with air pressure that displaces the same amount your skin would displace when you go out and touch real-world objects. So you squeeze something harder, we push more into your skin. You touch something lightly, we squeeze very slightly into your skin. Additionally, there is a force feedback component that we can prevent your hands as you're grasping something from passing all the way through a virtual object. That's really sci-fi. I love it. Can you show me on the actual gloves? I'd like to try this on to figure out what's actually going on. Is that okay? Yes, we can do that. So the first thing I'd like you to do is if you give me your right hand, we'd like to take a quick hand measurement to make sure that your virtual hand matches your physical hand in size. Perfect. Thank you. Put on these two liner gloves. Very hygienic. We're going to put the gloves on you now. Slide your hand on. Oh, they're more comfortable than I thought they'd be. We spent a lot of time and effort making them as comfortable as possible. It feels like two layers of normal like woolen gloves, but on the back is this huge chunky bit of black plastic with tubes running out going to these caps that you stuck on the end of my fingers, and there's a bit around the wrist as well. It's not actually that heavy. No, we try to keep it as light as possible in your fingers and in your palm. There's arrays of bubbles that uh, we can control the pressure to, and then if you look on the back of your hand, we have these tendons that slide. What materials are we working with here? It's a lot of plastics and silicones and things of that nature. And how on earth do you inflate and deflate the bubbles so quickly to deal with me reaching out and grabbing something? Good amount of air pressure and the right kind of valves. Okay, all right, I'm ready. Put the headset on me. I'm looking at what looks like a, a barn and a windmill and, and, and a field, but I'm, I'm way bigger than it, and it's all done in cartoony graphics. What do I do? This whole world is interactable. You can reach out and touch and grab and play with whatever you want. So the first thing that's going to happen is there's going to be some rain that's going to come out of that one of those clouds there in a second. If you put your palm up under the rain, you'll feel the raindrops as they're Uh, coming down and hitting the palm of your hand. That's creepy. Feels like little tiny blips on my palm and fingertips. Yeah, so everything in this world is physically simulated, and we're using those physical simulations to give you the tactile feedback that you're feeling. Yeah. Is that significantly more complicated than just simulating something for a game, for example? It's not more complicated. It takes a bit of extra knowledge to understand what is the right way to set things up, but 
people who can know how to develop games and game engines are pretty good at making this next step to make the environment haptically enabled. If you press that last button, and then you want to grab that fly swatter probably, and then you can swap the UFOs, or they're going to steal everything from your farm. We'll have to get a pair. It does sound good, doesn't it? Yeah, hopefully they're affordable as well, like it sounded like they were. Yeah, I think so. Phil says um, that he did defeat, by the way, all the virtual UFOs with his virtual fly swatter, <laughs> and it was genuinely a lot of fun. Nice one, Phil. Good aim. Uh, Mark's uh, tweeted us saying, we've come a long way since my interest on the PlayStation 1, playing Doom and Duke Nukem, with a bit of Lara Croft as well. <gasps> Happy days. Lara Croft. Classic wow, times. childhood there. Now, you might have heard this story recently. The world's rarest Pokemon card sold at auction in New York for around £150,000. Yeah, bargain. Only 39 copies of the ultra-rare Pikachu card were ever released as a prize in a drawing competition in Japan. And only 10 of them are known to be in circulation. That is super rare. Now, this particular card is drawn by the original Pikachu artist, that's Atsuko Nishida, and it sold for more than three times the previous record for the exact same card. You see, this is why I spend so much time on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> I'm trying to get this deal. One day, I'll get it. <laughs> Someone's going to put it up, I'm sure. So, why are trading cards worth so much money? Well, Chris found out from the professional sports authenticator, Terry Melia, who decides just how much collectible cards are worth. Astute collectors nowadays understand the importance of getting their memorabilia and or cards graded. So they submit, uh, sometimes in bulk, sometimes in single cards, uh, their items to PSA for grading. And there are different levels to that grading. Uh, the turnaround times, all of that sort of impacts the fee. But if, for instance, is they could turn in a card to get both uh, a grade as well as authentication, and that would be about a $20 uh, turnaround. And um, what they do is uh, when the cards are submitted to us, obviously they go through a big screening process. And we have uh, professional graders, people that have been in this business for years that know what to look for when they're trying to identify specific identifiers on the card. For instance, measurement's important. Trading cards are generally two and a half inches wide by three and a half inches tall. Uh, the card stock that is used is also something we analyze, the thickness of the paper stock. Um, in the case of upper deck trading cards, for instance, they have a uh, hologram that's situated on the back of all of their cards. These are all things they need to look for. And then, of course, they start looking at the card for condition. Mm. You know, is it something that has dinged quarters, uh, corners? Does it have creases? Um, is there discoloration because the card was left out in sunlight for too long? All of those things impact the final grade that's awarded to the card. What's the top grade? Is it A1 or something like that? Yeah, we actually use numbers. It's a 1 through 10 grading system. Uh, 1 would be poor. And that obviously is your least desirable card in its condition. And then Jim Mint 10 is the top uh, grade card. Anything from Mint 9 to Jim Mint 10 uh, commands pretty good bucks on the uh, secondary market. And that's, again, if somebody wants to take the time to sell those cards, uh, whether it's through an auction house or whether it's online through eBay, or even if it's just going down to the local hobby shop and seeing if they can make a deal with the dealer behind the counter. And we heard about this um, Pikachu card that sold at auction for £150,000 very recently. Is that one of the most valuable cards of recent times? Because it seems like it beat all estimates for similar cards that had previously been sold. Or is that kind of small fry compared to some of the others? No, it's certainly not small fry. In fact, the highest price that was ever paid for a Pokemon card uh, at auction all by itself. So that's an exception. 
exception. But at the same time, it shows that the industry itself is really picking up. But one of the things that impacts the um, the value of that card on the secondary market value is its scarcity. And that particular Pikachu Illustrator card, uh, that was a promo card that was given out to winners of a comic contest that was held uh, in Japan back in 1997 or 98. And I believe there were 39 of those cards awarded. And today, they're guesstimating that there's only about 10 of those that have surfaced and are still around. So that obviously makes it, you know, valuable in itself, but also just a collectible that people want. And in this industry, uh, scarcity does impact the secondary market value. So that way, it'll command top dollar. Thanks to Terry Melia from PSACard.com for giving us an insight into how cards are valued. You see, Chris, we're going to be rich in no time. I can't wait for all that money to come in. <laughs> Let's go from Pokemon cards now to the voice of Pokemon in the UK. Yeah, we grew up listening to the voice of Ash Ketchum in the original Pokemon series, who actually turns out to be Veronica Taylor. She's amazing. I caught up with her, and first of all, I had to ask this question. How do you get the job of being Ash? Well, I was working on Slayers, which is another anime, and the people who cast me in that were doing the casting for Pokemon. So it was just, I guess, being in the right place at the right time. Mm. People ask me all the time how many people audition, and I have absolutely no idea. I only know that I was called back many, many times and then cast and then not cast. and So I feel like I stumbled into it in mm. a way and was just really lucky that we had eight seasons Every year, we didn't know if we would be going on to another really? season. So we, it would end, and we would wait, and then hear if we were back. So, oh. yeah, it, it definitely wasn't the glamorous life. But <laughs> I will say, what a great adventure it was to be working on that show. To be able to step into those sneakers, if yes. you will, when I got to work. And my daughter was born at the end of the first season of Pokemon. So I was a 10-year-old boy who was also pregnant for the first season and then a new mom for the rest of it. And so it was really an amazing adventure. And I was on it along with you. Yeah. You know, um, I watched it in the mornings. I watched it when it was on Saturdays. I went to work and worked on it. And, you know, it was just truly extraordinary. And it wasn't just Ash that you played. I played Ash's mom and also May, um, a few Pokemon and some other characters here and there. Um, A lot of times it was, you know, when you're in the booth, they would just say, oh, could you do this? Could you do this one? For May, (laughs) I definitely auditioned. For Ash's mom, I auditioned, like, main characters like that. But Mm. other ones like Gary's cheerleaders or, you know, (laughs) things like that, we would all just, you'd just get thrown into that. Yeah. I'm just wondering what Pokemon you did as well, but there's so many. I guess I don't know if you remember any of the ones, because they they Uh, all just say their own name, don't they? So it's like, yeah, that's right. Which is really uh, quite a challenge. (laughs) Yeah, to get the intonation and the inflection. That's right. I mean, seriously, you could watch Pikachu and just watch Pikachu for the whole episode and be totally satisfied. You know, (laughs) she does such an amazing job. I played Diglett and Goldeen and Centret, my daughter, and I both played Centret. In the very beginning, they didn't want me to play anything other than Ash. And then they were like, okay, you can play Ash's mom. Mm. And then after a while, they let me play other things, whereas everyone else got to play um, a couple of characters. Oh, I see. You know, Brock was James and Misty was Jesse and, you know, different things like that. So you're the voice of Diglett Dig, which I now remember. That's right. That's <laughs> it, it wasn't just Diglett, it was Diglett Dig. I remember that Diglett now. Diglett Dig, oh. yeah. Goodness me. And, oh, good time. Uh, yeah, happy. You're like, this, I want this on my tombstone. This is my, my crowning achievement. Hey, but, um, oh, that's right. <laughs> I played Diglett as a worm, 
and yeah. I just found out it was a mole oh, right. recently, so I feel like I need to go back and redo the whole thing. <laughs> yes, it's going to be the director's cut, you know, like the yeah, remaster. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I'd, exactly. I'd watch it. I'd, you know, any excuse to watch it again. And it is one of those series that when you do watch it again, and I started watching it again recently because, um, well, I knew I was talking to you and I wanted to sort of remind myself of the series. It's quite emotional storylines. Like in that first series yeah. that you were mentioning, I'd forgotten this, but Ash and Pikachu split up for a while and I think that was at the, That's right. at the time when you were on the way to actually having the baby you know you were quite pregnant at that time mm-hmm, so so mm-hmm. you know obviously emotional scenes probably emotional moment for you in life as well it, yeah there's a lot lot going on there well it's surprising in a cartoon for children that there was so much going on there's so much about loss there's so much about um, loss in terms of having to lose a favorite Pikachu later mm. on your friends come mm. and go um, you have to gosh you lose a battle how mm. to how to get back how to have good sportsmanship all of those things that you really get to dig into and when you're dubbing you don't have a lot of time to think about it you don't see the script ahead of time so you're really playing the moment so it's a great acting exercise in terms of that and so i feel like all of my training comes together <laughs> to be able to be in the moment yeah. and yeah i think um being a mother and having to take care of your unseen baby and then your now crying baby um it does help you to understand about being a trainer what it takes to put yourself aside and care for others and help others along towards their goals while you are trying to achieve yours you know there's a lot of big picture stuff in Mm. pokemon Mm. and just finally on the voice itself where did that actually come from really he just kind of came into here so he's kind of back of my throat and (laughs) you know he's got a lot of energy um and with that it gave me a lot of room for his emotional journey yes so he could be "Ah, way up high and then you know really dear and come down. <laughs> so he had a, a lot of space in there. So in terms of that, it was a, it was a great voice to work with. Yeah. And it's a great party trick because it sounds a lot different from my voice. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> you can do this all day if you like. I'm happy to listen to you doing the voice of Ash. Oh, it's... <laughs> hey, Chris, thanks a lot. You're pretty cool. <laughs> hey, Chris, I choose you. <laughs> I bet you're jealous that she said my name I'm like so that. jealous. I want that. I know gutted Uh, it's great to talk to veronica taylor who was recently in the uk at a convention she is amazing and my life is now complete it is the naked scientists with me chris smith and with chris barrow and lee milner this week because we have invited the naked gaming podcast crew to hijack the program and bring you news of all the recent releases in time for christmas if you'd like to get in touch with the program it's chris at the naked scientist.com you can also tweet at naked scientists or find us on facebook Thanks, Chris. Time now to look at new releases. And there's a couple for you. Let's start with Frozen Freefall, released in conjunction with the film Frozen 2. Now, we saw the film. Love it. Did you like it? I loved it so much. Did Did you see it, Dr Chris? Have you seen it yet? No, but my kids want to. Okay. You yes. must. It. It's really good. You absolutely must. Will I get an earworm like I did in the first yeah. one? Uh, anyway, enough of that. <laughs> uh, so, is the latest Frozen free-to-play mobile release any good? Well, you get a grid, you match the gems, and they pop. That's how you get points. Let's hand it over to a man who's as cold as ice, our resident snowman enthusiast and oh laughing stock, 
Good Alex Rhodes. Hello there, Chris. Alex here. Now, uh, when you told me that I'm going to be playing a game that ties in with a uh, beloved movie franchise that's very current right now and the, all the rage and everyone's talking about it, I naturally thought, oh, I'm going to be playing the new Star Wars game. I'm not. I'm playing Frozen Freefall. Uh, I think it came out recently with Frozen 2. It's a mobile game as well, so let's just give it a whirl, shall we? I've got it installed on my uh, my phone here. I'm actually coming to you uh, not from my normal... Usually, you know, I'm in my bedroom. This time I'm actually at my girlfriend's parents' house for the sort of Christmas period. They're all downstairs, you know, um, doing something. I just sort of snuck upstairs to play computer games by myself. So let's give it a go. Boot it up. Here we are. From what I can tell... Oh, the Disney logo's loading up. It looks a bit like a kind of bejeweled knockoff. Ooh, here we go. Enter your age. It's embarrassing. 27. Right. I feel like it, it should close itself down and be like, this isn't for you, mate. You weirdo. Okay. I'm looking at a big sort of map. There seems to be loads of levels. Each sort of little uh, nodule on the map represents a level, I think. <laughs> what you can't miss is in the top left, uh, in big letters, is sale. Like many a mobile game, I imagine this one makes all its money. It was free to install, so I imagine it makes all its money from microtransactions. So my target is 7,500 points. I've got 20 moves. Ooh, there we go. That was a pretty good one. If you like Bejeweled, you're probably going to like this because it hits that kind of, you know, scratches that itch of lots of bright colours and sort of sparkly things. And uh, One of the characters, I think, from Frozen 2 is kind of just staring at me with a dead-eyed expression at the moment at the top of my screen. Oh, i got free for. What's that mean? Magical. Oh, I seem to have done it. it it's just, I'm not impressing anything. It's just the target was 7,500. I got 40,000. Oh, there's Olaf, the little snowman guy, again, popping in with a sort of dead expression. From what I can tell, nobody talks in this game. You think the whole advantage of being the officially licensed game is that you have the voice actors? This doesn't even sound like the, the frozen music. It's just like kind of knockoff music. Okay, what's this? All right, okay, this is sort of like a special gem. You combine it with any ice crystals to break all the... Okay, so yeah, this is something from Bejeweled. It's like one of the special tiles. It's just doing it again. It's just like playing the game. I'm not even pressing anything, and I'm getting thousands of points here. Target was 10,000 for this level. I've got 41,000, and I barely did anything. Okay, and then Olaf comes in once again to be like, oh, well done. Thank you. Like, dinner's ready, it is Christmas, my parents, my whole family. Well, I would, but this is very important, sort of. I'm playing Frozen, the game. Frozen, the game, a very, very important computer game. I'm sorry if the nut roast is getting cold. (laughs) I told you I didn't want the nut roast and I wasn't going to eat it, so look. I'll tell you when I'm done, just just go down and Fine, you go tell my dad why why you're not downstairs for dinner. I will in a minute, okay. (laughs) I'm I'm finishing with Frozen, so please, please leave. Thank you. Right, well, probably lost some uh, boyfriend points there, Chris. And I'm going to be honest, it wasn't worth it. Usually it is for computer games. With this one, not worth it. Frozen 2 has destroyed another family and another relationship (laughs) this Christmas. We've 
lost it. I can't speak. I mean, we knew that was coming, but it's still so funny. Chris lost it. He can't speak. Uh, Alex oh. Rhodes there. I think we need to uh, let him go from his contract. No, no we can stop. keep him, can't please we? Stop. It's too funny. Thanks, oh, Alex dear. Rhodes, for being frozen. Free fall, the free-to-play mobile game. It's out now for mobile devices. Oh, let me get my breath. Right, next now. up, okay. some downloadable mm. content has just been released for Jurassic World Evolution, a game where you manage a theme park filled with dinosaurs. It's like a dream come true. Uh, and it's the downloadable content we've all been waiting for, you see, because me, most of all, Return to Jurassic Park. ACU building online. Rapid response unit deployed. Observe non-lethal protocols. Roger, control. Deploying non-lethal countermeasures. Control, we have eyes on the asset. So it's worth saying you're a massive Dino fan. How long did you play this game for? Just okay. reveal the truth. Honestly, in nine what? hours in one night. <laughs> yeah. It's addictive to say the least. It's like Sims meets roller coaster tycoon. Yeah. But you've got to build a Jurassic Park, but not kill anybody. Keep the dinosaurs alive. Because they keep breaking free, don't they, the dinos? Yeah, the T-Rexes do the tricky little things. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, just keep everyone alive and make lots of money, really. So it's just like the actual film. And can we get a rating out of 10 for Jurassic World Evolution, the downloadable content? It has to be... Tenosaurus for me! Wow, okay. Thanks very much indeed for that. And now, board games. Yes, they're always popular at family get togethers, particularly at this time of year. You love a board game. I love a board game. Too much. I, I mean, I could play, play board games all night. But you do. <laughs> Cluedo, Monopoly, like we've Kaplunk. just bought. We've, Kaplunk. <laughs> we've just bought Mousetrap. It's in our car right now, genuinely. Literally, it's like retro revival for board games. That's true. And where did you buy it from? A random person's house for £10, didn't you? On the Facebook marketplace, well where done. you find all the Pokemon cards. <laughs> anyway, I'm not, not going to advertise it. OK. Uh, so why are board games still so popular, and how do you come up with something new to rival these classic board games? Cesar Ul-Jassar is from Alley Cat Games, based in Cambridge. They design unusual board games, including Dice Hospital. So when did it all begin? I was a postdoc at uh, the Laboratory of Molecular Biology in Cambridge, and in the last six months of that postdoc, I started developing uh, a science-themed game with my wife. It was called Lab Wars, so we started working on it, we playtested it, we did all the art and stuff, we put it on Kickstarter, um, and that did really, really well because it got featured on a whole plethora of science-based news channels, and the biggest one was Nature News, um, as well as like Wall Street Journal, um, Science... And because of that, um, a lot of scientists who play games back that campaign and we've sort of never looked back. Um, and since then, we've made about, I don't know, 10, 11 Kickstarters. So how do you try and make a popular game that people will enjoy? Our philosophy is we try to make thematic games. Playing them, they're not just abstract things where you're moving pieces around. You actually feel engrossed in the theme. So, for instance, with Dice Hospital, like you said, it's actually our most popular title. Um, you literally feel like you're managing a hospital by manipulating the dice because the dice are the patient's health levels. So so you're literally moving pieces, uh, which is like a doctor, you move them into a, a room and that manipulates the dice. So actually the most recent one uh, that we've sort of the Kickstarter finished is Dice Hospital Community Care. So it's the expansions to Dice Hospital. Uh, that did really, really well. I think that had like almost 3,000 backers or something. Um, and right now we have another Kickstarter called Tungaru, which is like a Polynesian seafaring game uh, designed by some famous German designers. Um, and that's on Kickstarter right now. So, yeah, we're always busy doing things. <laughs> 
thanks to Cesar Aljassar from Alley Cat Games. Chris, you probably would like Dice Hospital because the dice are the patients, but <laughs> low numbers on the dice means they have low health. So you've got to try and get so it sorted. So what do you actually have to do? You roll other dice and then that impacts the patient dice. <laughs> so if you roll high on certain dice, then you do well. But if you, yeah, so... It's a bit of a, it's all in the wrist. Is, is it? <laughs> You're an expert at that, are you, Chris? Yes. <laughs> and the player with the highest reputation wins the game, so it's never going to be me. Now, just to finish today, Dr. Chris Smith, of course, the driving force behind the Naked Scientist. Well, Lee and I decided to set him a challenge. Yeah, you had to get hold of a, a, a hold of a copy of Surgeon Simulator to start with and give it a go. This is what happened when Chris found out the game that he was playing. OK, let's see what Chris has sent over for me to take a look at. Play... Oh, Surgeon Simulator. Yep, give it to the doctor, see how he gets on. It's been about 20 years since I last operated on somebody, so this is going to be interesting. Uh, My reception desk, by the look of it, and I've got a computer I can do things with. It's telling me to move my hand around. I have to tilt my mouse left and right. Right button twists at the wrist. Left button makes my hand go up and down bottle of diazepam on the desk in front of me that could come in handy if i get too many tremors and start okay let's start operating then oh we're in theater oh there is a patient on the table in front of me and it is donald trump i'm operating on donald trump do a heart transplant on donald trump okay so next to the bed with donald trump on it is a transplanted organ chest so let's see what they've got in there for us i'll open that latch in this box there are two hearts i can have a stone one or a gold one i can transplant into donald okay oh i've just given myself a needle stick injury with that uh, oh <laughs> there was a syringe and a needle next to the bed and i accidentally touched it and i've injected myself with whatever was in it and my hand has shrunk to minuscule proportions which is quite interesting right there is something that looks like a martial arts weapon it says rotary saw or there's a laser cutter all right let's try the martial arts thing that looks fun let's pick that up and oh, oh, oh my goodness this thing i've got hold of and, and it's whirling around like a strimmer and it's got about five blades that are going around incredibly fast um uh, uh okay it's chopping its way through the bed um <laughs> Okay, I'll try and remove some ribs. Uh, I'm now lacerating parts of the rib cage. Ah, ah, it's doing a huge amount of damage. It, 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 um, uh, oh my goodness, I've dropped it and it's gone inside the patient. Uh, let me try the laser cutter. Right? The other one's gone now. Obviously not sterile. <laughs> Chris, this is so hard. How did you give me this? It's impossible. I can't control this. Ah, okay, I've got a laser cutter now. It's it's a bit like a weapon you'd get, I think, in in Star Trek. It looks like a lightsaber, actually. Well, it, it, okay, it's cutting ribs. So that, uh, I've cut two ribs. Let's cut that one. Uh, but the patient is losing huge amounts of blood now. Oh my! Ah, uh, ah! Uh, the medical bill. It's reporting that oh dear, the patient's died. Oh yeah, he unfortunately he's run out of blood. It says that the cost of using the laser was five hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars. And the other saw that I dropped on the floor cost $106,000. That sounds like a bargain. Room and board, though, $199. Total amount due for a dead patient, $634,888. Would you like to try again? No button to call your lawyer, interestingly. <laughs> it sounds like you had 
a lot of fun. <laughs> Did you have fun playing Surgeon Simulator? It, it was really difficult, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, 10 out of 10 for humour. Yeah. It was the really dark, daft kind of humour that I absolutely <laughs> love. I mean, you know, bottles of diazepam on the doctor's desk. And like, it, it was like dark humour, very funny. <laughs> Donald Trump on the operating table, and if you want to, you could just go and give him a good slap round the face. You could give him a face his, transplant. Well, <laughs> you couldn't do that, but his, his head would sort of wobble backwards and forwards <laughs> as, you, as you slapped him about a bit. You couldn't wow. pull the wig off. Um, <laughs> but, but no, every sort of medical bone in my body was rebelling against this, because you end up in this operating theatre, you can only see one hand that you can operate with. It's the wrong hand, in my case, oh, it was left, my left, left hand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you've got no gloves on, so you're kind of delving into this person with no gloves, no no kind of proper protection on you or, or the patient. And, and then you pick up these tools and instruments, and there's everything from like an axe, if you want an axe, <laughs> into the patient to this, as I say, lightsaber-like thing, which well. when you pick it up, it's not at all coordinated. You just end up kind of basically scything all over the operating theatre and you slash his neck by accident with this thing. Because when you try and move the arm to then move it to the rib cage to start cutting ribs, you accidentally miss and get everything else wow and it's it's i don't know carnage yeah so 10 out of 10 for humor but honestly after about an hour of trying i just said my life's too short for I this i tell you what you need to have a go on goat simulator yeah, you'd really? be great at that why yes yeah, carnage Didn't, i thought you said your tongue got stuck on the back end of someone's goat yeah well, it didn't yeah, sound that, like was that ideal. The game? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the game you were playing, wasn't it? <laughs> it didn't sound ideal to me. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit crazy. But I mean, if I was the patient, I mean, I've had, I've had knee surgery recently. If you were the surgeon, yeah, don't come in my. I'm pretty theory. nervous. <laughs> Expensive as well. Uh, well, thanks to Dr. Chris Smith uh, for letting us play today as well. Uh, we loved it so much. Yeah, we're off to go play some games. <clears throat> Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Sorry, what? Are you okay? Yeah. Do you need to see a doctor? <laughs> no, I definitely don't. <laughs> Well, have a lovely Christmas, both of you. Don't play too many games. <laughs> but uh, hopefully you at home enjoyed the programme as much as I did. And if you want to tune in for the latest Naked Gaming episode, you just look up Naked Gaming Podcast via whatever route you use to get your podcast and you'll find Chris and Lee's programme there. It's always a very funny and, and entertaining listen. Well, that's it for the Naked Scientists for this week for this year and for this decade we're actually seeing you back in 2020 for the first proper edition of the naked scientist that'll be a science phone in so this is your chance to get your science questions in now well ahead of that first january program you can write to chris at the naked scientist.com all that remains to be said is thanks for listening this year thanks for your support for the naked scientists have a lovely christmas enjoy new year and see you in 2020 Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.